Good morning, Sunrise. As you can tell, we have some fun stuff going on today. Right, guys? We have our kids and students take over. So that means that we're going to be hearing some of our kids singing, some of our students helping lead, doing some amazing stuff on trumpet like Jacob here, and just overall helping serve our community. We're gonna to start today out though with a read and response. So we're gonna practice first so that way everybody knows what's going on. So I'm gonna say a statement and you guys are gonna respond with the word joy. So if I say, Peace on earth, you guys say, joy. Can you guys, we're going to try this one more time. Peace on earth. Joy. Great job, friends. So we're going to start out with joy to the world. Joy. To the woman working and the complaint department. Joy. To the kid working the drive-thru at the fast food joint. Joy. To the postal workers, waitresses, and teachers. Joy to the children trying to stay focused at school. Joy. To the people whose Christmas dinner will be eaten on a paper plate with a plastic fork. Joy. To those who spend the holidays in the kitchen. Joy. To those who spend the holiday in the hospital. Joy. To those who spend the holiday alone. Joy to the world. The world. Amen.
So what we're going to do now is we're going to invite one parent from each family to come up and get your kiddos. They're going to sit with you through the rest of service, but we're going to go right into greeting time after that. We'll have about two, three minutes for you guys to go grab a cup of coffee or maybe some hot chocolate and come back and sit down. So go ahead and come on up. Thank you guys. Well, I know there are a couple people still hanging out getting hot chocolate, and there'll be much more time later to get hot chocolate as well, but we're going to continue. We're going to um, sing a couple of Christmas hymns and songs together, and we have a few of the youth group hanging out with us and singing with us today as well, so thanks, ladies. Thanks, ladies. Why don't you go to one and stand yeah. with us? We're going to sing um, a not traditional Christmas song, but um, I love this song. It's God With Us, Emmanuel. Um, all sons and daughters, so it's a wonderful song. So if you don't know it, uh, just listen along and join with us and sing it together. Let's worship. Oh 
open to you this Advent season as we praise you. Amen. You guys can be seated. Good morning, Sunrise. My name is Will, and I have a few announcements for you this morning. If you are new to Sunrise or this is your first time joining us online, thank you so much for being with us this morning. If you can scan the QR code in front of you or follow the link on the Facebook. There's a connection card where you can tell us a little bit about yourself. We would love to get to know you. Our first announcement is this week, Wednesday, December 15th, our youth group is having a Christmas party. Students throw on your ugliest sweater and come play games and enjoy sipping on hot chocolate. Our second announcement is our Christmas Eve service, December 24th at 4.30 p.m. We are gathering outside around a giant Christmas tree singing carols and celebrating the birth of Jesus. Hope to see you there. That's all for our announcements this morning. Thank you so much for joining us today.
Good morning, everyone. My name is Tanner, and I'm the student ministry director here at Sunrise. And this morning is our kids and student takeover service. Um, Here at Sunrise Ministries, we exist to transform the world through God's grace and love. And we recognize that our kids and students play an important role in this transformation. So this morning, they are joining us in serving and leading our Sunrise family. So if you see them near you, please tell them thank you for everything they are doing. Give them a high five, a fist bump, a thumbs up, whatever it might be, because without our kids and students, we would not be Sunrise Ministries. So kids and students, thank you for everything you are doing. We love you and we appreciate you. This morning we are continuing our Advent series called Songs of Redemption. And the goal of this series is to look at different songs throughout Scripture and to identify the ways that they point to a coming Messiah. Two weeks ago, um, Jody Jody helped us kick off this series by looking in Exodus. Um, And we looked at the song of Moses and Miriam. And Jody walked us through a story that many of us know quite well. The story of the Israelites who are saved from slavery in Egypt, who then travel across the Red Sea where God crushes Pharaoh's army. The Israelites then make their way through the wilderness to Mount Sinai, where they enter into a covenant with God. And eventually, the Israelites come into the promised land, where Israel was supposed to be faithful to God and obey his covenant commands. And this brings us to the book of Judges, which Jesse walked us through last week by looking at Deborah's song. And then the story that Jesse shared with us last week, we learned that the book of Judges is full of this evil and moral chaos. It's full of this immense amount of violence, And we see that Israel has failed to obey God's covenant commands. They are no longer remaining faithful to God. And we see that Israel is in need of wise and faithful leaders. And this brings us to our story this morning, that Israel is in need of wise and faithful leaders. But before we jump into this story, will you please join me in prayer? God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for blessing us as a church family and that we can gather this morning to learn more from your word. God, as we continue this Advent series, I ask that you please open our eyes and our ears so that we are more aware of you. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So our story this morning is known as Hannah's Song and it's found in the book of 1 Samuel. And this story follows the events that just happened in the book of Judges But the story does not begin with moral chaos or with violence. Instead, our story begins with a man whose name is Elkanah and his two wives, Penina and Hannah. Now, his first wife, Penina, has many children. She has both sons and daughters. But Elkanah's second wife, Hannah, is barren. She is unable to have children, and this breaks her heart. Each year, Elkanah and his wives would travel from their, town of, of, from their town to worship at Shiloh, and they would sacrifice to God. And if you'd like to follow along, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we'll be starting at verse 4, which says this. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, Penina, kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. 
Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her until she wept, and she would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you so downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Now our main focus in this story is on Elkanah's wife, Hannah. She is unable to have children, and Hannah craves nothing more than to become a mother and to someday hold a child of her own in her arms. And this breaks Hannah's heart. She feels defeated. She feels like she cannot be a good wife. And on top of all this, she is provoked by Elkanah's wife, Penina, who has many children. Penina is not a humble mother. Instead, she uses her ability to bear children as a weapon to humiliate Hannah. She makes Hannah feel like she has no value or that she is not worthy of love. And this constant torture happens year after year after year until Hannah cannot take it any longer. In verse 7, we are told that Hannah is so humiliated by Penina that she begins to weep. But it doesn't end there. Hannah is so full of emotions and they weigh so heavily on her that she can literally not drink or eat any food. Even her own husband, Elkanah, will not provide her with any comfort. She's at an all-time low. And she feels completely alone. If we continue reading, verses 9 through 11 says this. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will be ever used on his head. Now Hannah continues to pray, but she is so full of emotions and weeping that Eli, the priest who was present at the time, mistakes her emotions as Hannah being drunk. But he soon realizes that he has made a mistake and that Hannah is not drunk. She is full of this anguish and sadness. So in verse 17, Eli goes to Hannah and he says this, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And Hannah replies, May your servant find favor in your eyes. And then Hannah went on her way and she ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. Now, as the story continues, we see that the Lord does remember Hannah, and Hannah does become pregnant, and she gives birth to a baby boy who she names Samuel. God performed a miracle in Hannah's life. He healed her womb, and he blessed her as a mother. But before we continue this story, I want to look a little bit deeper at Hannah's prayer. In verse 11, Hannah prays, God, if you remember me, And provide me with a son, then I will give my son to the Lord for all the days of his life. I think we need to be careful how we read this prayer. Because it sounds a lot like an if-then prayer. Saying, God, if you do this thing that I want first, then I will do this thing for you. And many of us can probably relate to this style of prayer. For some of us, it might sound like, God, if, if you help me pass this test then I will read the entire Bible this year. (laughs) 
Guilty of that one. (laughs) Or, God, if you help me through this job interview and you help me get this job, then I will take my family to church every Sunday. Now, these are random examples, maybe even kind of silly examples. But I think we can all relate to that style of prayer. But the trap that we fall into when we pray this way is that we wait for God to answer our prayer first. And we let God's answer to our prayer determine our actions and determine our view of God. We hold on to feelings of anger or maybe frustration or even sadness until we see God's response to us. And if we get exactly what we asked for, then we praise God as being this God who gave us exactly what we wanted. But if we don't get what we asked for, then it's easy to fall into feelings of maybe God's out to get me. Or maybe I'm not praying the right way. Or maybe I'm just not righteous enough. I wanted to look at this part of Hannah's prayer because it's important that we remember the purpose of prayer. And Hannah demonstrates this very well if we look a little closer. Prayer is meant to change us. (laughs) Prayer is meant to change us. Prayer is not to convince God of our needs, for he already knows exactly what we do need. Prayer gives us new eyes to see. Prayer gives us strength to overcome. And prayer gives us hope that we are not alone. In verse 18, we see that prayer changes Hannah. After she prays, we read this. Then she went on her way, and she ate something. And her face was no longer downcast. Hannah didn't wait until she was pregnant or until Samuel was born to experience freedom from her sadness. She she faithfully submitted herself to God and trusted that he would provide the perfect outcome. Even if it was not the outcome that she desired, she put her trust in God. Now this story continues. We know that God blessed Hannah as a mother and provided her with a son. And over the next three to four years, she, she spends that time loving and caring for her son, Samuel. Until he can be weaned. Until he is no longer 100% dependent on his mother. Because Hannah has made a promise to God. A promise that she would give her son to God for all the days of his life. And this is exactly what she does. Hannah then travels to Shiloh with Samuel to worship and sacrifice to God, just like they did every year. And Hannah dedicates Samuel and brings him to the priest Eli. And in verse 27, she says this, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And Samuel worshipped the Lord there. After Hannah's dedicates Samuel to the Lord, we finally arrive at Hannah's song in chapter 2. And Hannah speaks this song as a prayer. So I want to invite Penny Plowman, our children's pastor, to the stage to share Hannah's song with us. My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord, my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over enemies for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. 
there is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is the God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of warriors are broken, but those who stumble are armed with strength. Those who are full hire themselves out for food, but those who are hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit the throne of honor. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the place of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from the heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Thank you, Penny. Hannah's song is a prayer of thanksgiving, and it's a prayer of personal testimony. God blessed Hannah as a mother and provided her with Samuel, a son. And she praises what she praises God for. Hannah's song is not only about Samuel, though. It's even more about God's faithfulness to his people and giving him all the glory. At the beginning of the song, Hannah says, My heart rejoices in the Lord, and the Lord my horn is lifted high. She is referencing the horns and antlers of animals which are a symbol of strength. She was reminding us that our strength can only be found in the Lord. She then prays that there is no rock like our God, referencing the song of Moses, which says, He is the rock. He, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. Verses 4 and 5 are a reminder that the strength of the flesh is not enough. Only our real strength can be found in God. And in verses 6 through 9, Hannah speaks of a God who is our ultimate provider. For all things rest in the hands of the Lord. God created the heavens and the earth, and it is only he who can sustain these things. Hannah's song speaks volumes about the character of God. A God who stands with the oppressed, the hungry, the barren, and those who are sick. He rights the wrongs, he feeds the hungry. He heals the sick and he welcomes the strangers and outcasts. Hannah surrenders all to God, dedicating her son and remembering God's faithfulness. She speaks of victory despite being in poor circumstances because she sees that this battle has already been won. And at the end of Hannah's song in verse 10, she says this, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Hannah is pointing to a king who has not been anointed yet. At the beginning of the service, I mentioned that at the end of Judges, we learn that Israel is in need of wise and faithful leaders. Now, whether Hannah knew this at the time or not, her son Samuel will someday grow up to be a prophet 
an important figure in Israel. And on top of this, Samuel will anoint the very first king of Israel. God will use Samuel to provide these wise and faithful leaders. Hannah's barrenness and the birth of her son were not only significant to God answering her own prayers, but they were also the answer to Israel's prayers as well. Just like Hannah, Israel was barren, and no leader had been born in centuries who could help provide peace. In the midst of arrogant leaders and chaos, Israel wept like Hannah, that new life would be born. Samuel's birth marks the end of Israel waiting for wise and faithful leaders. God saved Israel from its pride and violence through the birth of a weak and humble child. And in this season of Advent, we know that God will do this again in Jesus. Just like Just like Samuel's birth to a barren woman helps provide Israel's first king, the birth of Jesus to a virgin provides Israel's final king. In Luke chapter 1, we find Mary singing a song that mirrors Hannah's song. Mary sings that her child Jesus is proof that God humiliates the proud and he lifts up the humble. It is in God that we find our strength for he is our ultimate provider. Jesus' birth and faithful mother are good news for us, in the same way that Samuel's birth and faithful mother were good news to Israel. In Jesus, our prayers are answered. God sees our pain and our humiliation in the same way that he remembered Hannah and her suffering. God has sent his son Jesus to prepare a new kingdom. Jesus arrived as this humble and innocent baby boy, and he is the one who will raise you up and make you alive. Will you please join me in prayer? God, thank you for blessing us as a church family. And thank you for the kids and students who are serving and leading us this morning. Please keep these families safe and healthy throughout the rest of this week. As this season of Advent continues, please open our eyes and our hearts to the many ways that you are with us, providing perfect peace and comfort. God, we thank you for being our rock. You are our strength and you are the ultimate provider. We love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going to continue in worship and uh, singing and praising God. Actually, one of my um, favorite, favorite Christmas worship songs we're going to sing together. Um, but as we do this, we're also going to use this time to give our tithes and offerings. We won't be passing the plate today, uh, but we do have it in the back. You can put your offerings in on the way out or even scan the QR code and give that way. Um, but giving helps um, us to live out our statement, our mission here at Sunrise to transform the world with God's grace and love, to um, helps us to give out 235 meals at the Thanksgiving food drive. It helps us um, also, I have a little story for you. Uh, just this last Sunday, um, probably none of, no one even noticed this, but um, a homeless guy came in after church last Sunday and um, asked to speak with the pastor or someone. So um, Dan's not here, so Carol and I went back and um, hung out with him a bit and just heard his story and talked with him a little bit. 
And uh, he had said that he had been homeless for over a year. He lost his job because of the pandemic. He had been delivering milk to the schools and school shut down. So he lost his job. He was low on the seniority. So been living in his car for over a year. And he said that he did um, go to the homeless shelter. But um, when he was there, he contacted Bursa. And he had gone through six surgeries over the past year because of the MRSA. And his arm was all messed up and showed us it. Um, and so he's like, I just want to get home to my family in Kentucky. He had been um, up here in Michigan. His job brought him up here in Michigan. So Carol and I talked to him for a bit, and we felt led to um, give him some money to help him with some gas to get back, back down to Kentucky. Um, so um, we, felt, we felt good about that. So the next day, actually, I got a text from him. So I was like, text me when you're home to Kentucky. We're, we're praying for you, man. And uh, so he texted me the next day and said, thank you for the gas money. My car died. Um, He's like, I, I know things about cars. I'm pretty sure it's the alternator, but um, I can't fix it. So um, many of you guys know Kyle Barman. So I um, called up Kyle and I said, Kyle, I need some help. So we met him at the Meyer out on 28th Street. And um, Kyle was like, yep, it's the alternator. So it was completely dead. So we, uh, Kyle and his expertise, he got that alternator out, put a new one in. Um, we gave him some, a little more money. because like, do we want to get you home today? Your car is fixed. We're good to go. Get home to your family in Kentucky. So... Um, he was well on his way. He texted me the next day. I think it was Friday, and he's home. He's in Kentucky. So, um, so we're just blessed. We're so happy that um, we can use the resources that we give and we sow into the kingdom to give away meals to people who need it in, in this community, but also um, help people get home with their family in Kentucky. So thank you for, for, um, for giving and for being a part of Sunrise. So Let's worship. Let's sing. Let's sing our closing song, Come and Worship. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand with us?
longing, hope, and fear. Kids and students, thank you again for everything that you did this morning. You all did an amazing job. Thank you so much for serving and leading our Sunrise family. Sunrise, as we continue this Advent series, as we continue looking at songs of redemption, may we be like Hannah. May we faithfully and humbly submit ourselves to God, being changed through prayer. And may we give praise that we have new life in Jesus. Sunrise, we love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.